Hello and welcome to On The Mend. I'm Matt Willis and in this series I'm going to be taking a look into the world of mental health, addiction and recovery and how people get through hard times. I also went to the dentist earlier on and I had two injections in my mouth so if it looks like I'm slurring, don't worry, I'm not pissed, I just went to the dentist. My guest today is Lauren Mann, or should I say Loza. Loza is the founder of Girl Vs Cancer. It's a charity aimed at supporting women and non-binary persons through cancer diagnosis. She also hosts the very, very popular podcast, You, Me and the Big C. Now, Loza is a very honest and open, powerful woman. I loved speaking to her. I really hope you find this chat inspirational and helpful. I definitely did. I could talk to her all bloody day. Hi, Loza. Hello, darling. How are you doing? You are right? Really good, thank you. I'm good. so happy to be here. Uh, shall we introduce the other guest? Well, he's laying legs akimbo. This is not very... Uh, this I mean, is like paint I... me one of your French girls vibes, isn't it? <laughs> it he's really giving... is. If I can explain this picture, Raymond, the dog, is, um, is Loz's dog. And he's literally laid down on his back with his legs akimbo, cock out, <laughs> looking very, very happy with himself. He is. He is. Yeah. He just like stroked my belly, mother. It's our first dog on the podcast. We're very pleased to have him. I'm, I'm re- I feel like he's been the first dog on many podcasts and I'm really glad we're breaking that mould. I love it. I love yeah. it. How long have you had him? I've had him just over a year. I got right. him when he was seven months old wow. and genuinely one of the best things I've ever done. Really? Right. Emma, if you're listening to this, yes, one of Emma. the best things you've ever done. Yeah. And you know, I want a dog so bad, but Emma's just like so against it. But it depends as well. It depends on your lifestyle, your work and how old your kids are. I think when your kids are a bit older and they could take responsibility, that's fine. Yeah. But if it's going to be you doing all the running around. Yeah. I mean, she, well, she, she, quite rightly, she goes, well, you piss off on tour all the time and mm. I'll be stuck with the dog and I'm not the one who wants it. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right there. It's fair. But if you yeah. ever want to borrow Ray... Really? Don't tempt me. No, genuinely. I mean, also, he's always a very well-behaved dog. I don't know where he gets it from because I'm a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, can I talk about that? Um, I absolutely fucking love your vibe, babe. Oh. Like, I love it so much. Like I've been, I've been looking at your Instagram and I've been watching some interviews with you. And, you know, I think there's such a kind of... Um, you know, first of all, we're going to talk about girl versus cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and how you started that. But like, I think what I love about it is there's such a kind of um, whenever you see adverts around cancer mm-hmm. or anything to do with cancer, it's so bleak. Mm-hmm. You know, and it must be, and if you get diagnosed or someone you love gets diagnosed, you must just think of those adverts and mm-hmm. think of those things and think, "Fuck me, this is fucking awful." You know, yeah. And you think of, you know. I, I'm, this is going to sound really horrible to me, but you think, right, I'm going to go bald and then die. Yeah. You oh, know? babe, 100%. And that's, and that's yeah, yeah. it. And you fucking give off a very different vibe, mm. which I love. So how did Girl versus Cancer come around? Well, I got cancer of the tit when I was 31. I'm 38 now. Right. Um, and it was like, it was out of nowhere. I wasn't self-checking. I, no one in my family had had breast cancer. I, as I think generationally, there's a cohort of us who are not checking their breasts. Yeah. I think we were in, in schools, they teach it now, but we weren't. Yeah. So it was never something I did, ever, ever. So it was a shock. I didn't think I was young enough to get cancer. I didn't think I had big enough boobs to get breast cancer. And also, like, I don't know, I'd always had this big health anxiety and fear that I was going to get sick and die young. Right. So yeah. then it happened. So obviously I was like... Oh shit, oh, I was right. Prophecy. Exactly like, that. That's it, I'm I done. It. Yeah. And it was the weirdest moment, right? Because when I was in that doctor's uh, in their office and they said it's cancer, I did a lot of swearing, obviously. I went, How can I have fucking cancer? I have any fucking tits, I think, were the things that came out my mouth. Um, my but mom, that's quite, you know, that's quite an understandable thing to say. It's like yeah. you kind of imagine these big 
boobies kind of like with yeah you know you kind of yeah it must have been a I weird just thing. never had a relationship with my chest yeah. so it wasn't yeah. like a thing um and then there I I burst into tears and I just went I don't want to die and the consultant actually laughed at me when I think back now I'm like bitch I was rude but actually she was like that's not going to happen she was very very clear with the fact that the type of cancer I had is very curable I know it was stage three and it was aggressively growing but because it's hormonal positive there's a lot of treatments they can do to nuke it right so she had a very positive outlook on it so the minute she said that i my mindset shifted and i realized oh my god all i've ever known or seen is like cancer kills because that's what we're shown that's that's the yeah. propaganda of it whereas like i, I was sat next to my mum and i got the news my mum's a cancer survivor she had it at 26 yeah. completely different cancer she's 60 next year yeah. So it's like it's so wild but the conditioning still, your first we have. Thought was fuck. Yeah, know, of course, and, and understandably, you know. But yeah. I mean, so what was it? What was that? What was that change in mindset? What happened? I think for me, what happened was I started seeing it less of this death sentence and more of a process I had to get through to get to the other side. Right. So my mum's like, "You're gonna have to get sick to get well." That's what this is. Like you are going through this to get better. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helped me to like keep my eye on the prize. I think the bit that no one ever really talks about and what I'm really open about and most people are, it's the mental health aspect of it. Yeah. It's the fact that the person you were before you get that news and the person that comes out the other side is very different. Absolutely. And it takes a long time to adapt and, and to figure out how you fit into your life again. So yeah, it's something that people don't really articulate very well it's something that when you're in the cancer community it becomes a very normal conversation that everybody's having but yeah. if you're outside of it it's not but what's wild is one in two of us will get cancer in our lifetime so yeah. it's not like we're some little say that again one in two of us will get cancer yeah in our lifetime. yeah so we need to fucking start thinking about these things but it's just like yeah. it's it's we don't talk the same way about diabetes we don't talk the same way about heart conditions no but we talk about it like cancer like it's the plague yeah, yeah. We talk about it like it's some like horrible thing you catch, but actually, cancer is your own cells in your body yeah. that mutate so quickly your body doesn't recognize it as a threat. So yeah. you're creating cancer every day in your body, but your immune system shuts them down. Yeah. So for some reason, whether it be genetics, whether it be lifestyle factors, whether it be just blah fucking luck. Yeah. Sometimes cells mutate to such an extent that they're not caught in time and it will start developing into a cancer. Mm. That's when we have cancer. So actually, if you're treating people that way and like othering them in that way, it's like you're blaming them for their own body turning against them, which isn't their fucking Absolutely. fault. Absolutely. That's fucking awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that just, and, and did you, do you find that people kind of have, a, is there a shame feeling towards it? Like, is there something about it that you just feel like, you know, like, is there, a, you know, I, I don't mean shame, but is there something about it that you want to keep secret? Yeah, because you, you don't know? want the pity and you don't yeah. want people looking at you like this with a side tilted head. I mean, that and like, oh, babe. And also then it's like people, I don't, I've said this a few times now and I strongly believe it. It's something I want to investigate more. I don't think our problem with cancer is a problem with cancer. I think our problem with cancer is a problem with death. As a society, we don't talk about death. Yeah. We don't talk about our mortality. So the minute someone says cancer, because of what we see, we equate it with death. You're looking your own mortality in the face. You're like, rather you than me, other the person, yeah. run away. Fucking hell, that is so true. Isn't That's it? exactly what it fucking is. You know, because it's not like, um, it's, 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 
you know, I remember when you know you can't compare it to really kind of any other any other thing. Like it's not something you can catch on somebody or anything. No, it's it's something that just happens, and yeah. you are staring mortality in the face. You are, you of know. course, you are. And the thing is, whether you live beyond your diagnosis or whether you live alongside it for a longer time, because mm. some people will live with their cancer for longer periods of yeah. time. And like you know, I think when people hear stage four cancer, they automatically go, "Oh my god, death sentence!" They're they're that like other them like let's not talk about them. Yeah. But my friend Rachel from the podcast, when she was diagnosed, she so articulately said it. She said, "Stage four cancer is like walking around as a grenade with a pin out. You just don't know when it's going to go off." Fuck. So that's true. Yeah. But that's the same. We're all walking grenades with pins Absolutely. out. The minute the minute you're born, you're dying. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the only thing that's definitely going to happen is you're going to die. Exactly. And yeah, the yeah. thing is, with a cancer diagnosis at stage four, the only thing is we you you know when it's more likely to happen and what's going to cause it. Yeah. So it's, I just feel like the problem we've had with the way that cancer has been spoken about historically is that, you know, bigger charities and stuff like that have to pull on the heartstrings and they have to make people scared to get the money in the bank. Yeah. And I understand that to some extent, but what it does of those of us who then hear those words is terrifies us, triggers us. Mm. Like, I'll be avoiding stand-up to cancer weekend all weekend. And it's not because I don't love what's on there. It's because I can't bear seeing the stories because I already deal with those stories in my everyday life with the community I have. Yeah. And actually, it's just like sitting at home and having it on my telly is like it's encroaching on my leisure time. And I'm like, oh, actually, no, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't deal. But that's why Girl vs. Cancer exists is because I had cancer. I was like, right, I... None of this is relating to me at all. I can't see myself in anything. And actually, there is life to be lived with and beyond the disease. There's still life. Yeah. I'm still a person. I'm still a sister. I'm still a colleague. I'm still a friend. I'm still an auntie. I'm still all of these things. I just happen to have a few cells in my body that have gone rogue and are trying to kill me and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to want to have sex. I'm still going to want to watch the telly. I'm still going to want a glass of Prosecco. Still want to go on holiday. Yeah. I'm still Lauren. Yeah. And... That is what Girl vs. Cancer is about. One of our big um, commandments is hero the human and people not patients. I think when you get diagnosed, you get a sticker on your head. You know, like that yeah, game yeah. where you've got to write a name and yeah, guess yeah. it. You yeah. get one of them and it's like poorly person, cancer patient. Yeah. And actually, this is just part of the tapestry of who you are. It's not yeah. who you are. Yeah. So Girl vs. Cancer is all about heroing that person and working on subject matter and topics that are important to the cancer community to make sure that there's awareness or tangible change happening for them on like the human level, not just the cancer level. Yeah. I mean, fucking brilliant. I mean, you said so many things that stood out to me there. I can imagine you, you get the diagnosis, right? And, um, and then you're just like, right, survival mode, right? Here we go. We're going to treat this. We're going to go for treatment. Mm. And then that must come to an end at some point, yeah. you know, in one way or another. And um and then and then it's like right, who am I now? Yeah, you know, and like what like for you, what was that period of time like? To be honest with you, it was prolonged. Yeah. So like I always analyse cancer treatment as being on like a conveyor belt at a factory. You right. go on, they do this, they fix this. Like you're completely disassociated from your body almost. Right. And then to survive it, then you come off the other end. You go out, off you go, and they're like, yeah. see you later, well done. And then you're like, what? Like, yeah. literally, I have just been, like, a body that's been prodded, poked, nuked, done all these things to. Now yeah. I've got to find a way to attach my soul back to me as a person, like my body. Yeah. And figure out who I am again. How has my mindset changed? How do I exist in this world, knowing all the things I now know? 
Yeah. I think a trauma, no matter what kind of trauma, mm. does something to your vibration. Absolutely. I think you can never go back to who you were because you're more aware. You're yeah. more empathetic. You feel things differently, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I... I'm not being evangelical. If you were a prick before you had cancer, chances are you're a prick still. Yeah. I've met people who have cancer who are pricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Have, yeah. So let's not make yeah. evangelicalize people who have yeah. cancer. But yeah, it's just a... But it must change you, you know. But yeah. um, but the thing is that like, so what what changed in you? Like, because obviously mm. you were doing you were doing blogs and stuff beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just had this impotence to just do something yeah. fucking amazing. Well, you know, it like, was a distraction. Right. It was a knee jerk. Right. I was terrified and I didn't so know what to do. So this was during um, when you yeah. had the diagnosis, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I just, all my skill set is about expression. I love to talk. I love to create and I love to write and all these things. Yeah. So everything. I mean, just look at your Instagram. Everyone check her Instagram out. It's fucking beautiful. Thanks, yeah. buddy. Appreciate yeah. that. No, it's yeah. just it's just a place for me to just download. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But it, it just felt like the really natural thing to do was to, I already use the internet to share so yeah. I wanted to share, but on my terms. And then, like, I didn't just want to share. I wanted to support all of those wonderful organizations that supported me, like the Copperfields, the Future Dreams, mm. Macmillan. You know, there's so many places that held my hand through it that I wanted to shine light on them Yeah. in a way that was different. Because then girls like me, who were looking for girls like me, will hopefully find me and then go, oh, she did this. Yeah. And then they've got an easier route to get the support that they need. Yeah. Um. But I think what happened with me quite quickly is... So I came out of radiotherapy in 2017 and I was in contact with Rachel Bland and she was a Five Live presenter and she had had breast cancer and she'd had her own blog as well and she'd written a piece for my blog and she messaged me as like, I've had this idea for a podcast and then I was like, oh, I love the idea of that. Me chatting yeah. all day long, love it. So she said, yeah, I've got this idea. She went and pitched it and it, it got a yes. So right at the end of my radiotherapy and really early stage recovery, I was in a in the podcast, You Me in the Big Sea, with Rach, with Deb, talking about my experience. Yeah. And then what happened was, you know, I also had recorded an episode of First Dates I went on when I was like really early in recovery. Yeah. And that didn't get aired for a year. So basically what happened was, it was this weird moment of I... Rachel had been told that she didn't have much longer to live. And this was really early on in the podcast. And Rachel was really excited about me being on first dates. And first dates aired and then the next morning Rachel died. So all of a sudden, me, the podcast was everywhere. Right. So I almost feel like I didn't, I've, I've only just now really started to figure out who Lauren is. Because I feel like because of the podcast and the work that I do, yeah. my extended period of being Cancer Girl... Mm has been five, six years. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay in some respects. I'm really glad that I've got the platform to do the work and I will always do the work. It's just been a very big journey for me to separate the two and figure out how do they marry? Like, who is me, Loza? Who is, what's my like role now and how do I want to show up in the cancer space to support people? Yeah. But then what does my future look like? It's been wild especially since the pandemic the pandemic all that time alone thinking yeah fuck that's not good for anyone no it was yeah. bad um yeah. so yeah do you, ever, been... do you ever like do you ever have times when you're like i'll oh, just fuck off yeah you know like like it's just like <laughs> do you ever like and because i mean i can talk from my experience like talking about recovery and kind of mm. doing a documentary about it like there's certain times when i i will i will, I will talk to another addict as long as they fucking mm. want but people talk to me about 
drinking drugs and just like, oh, bore off. But you're more you know? than that. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's a, there's a time and a place and a purpose. And I do yeah. feel like, you know, I'm really glad I'm on this podcast because it's so multifaceted in terms of humans. Like, yes, I'm on the men from cancer, but I'm also on the men from mental health stuff, relationship changes. There's yeah. a lot of things. And I love that you dive into those. Yeah. I think what I really struggle with is when you get like what I call lazy journalism. Yeah. So it's like, I'll have done something amazing, right? Um, Doctor, a campaign's gone out and I'll do an interview. And, you know, I've kind of had to say to them now, like, I'm doing an interview about this. Please don't ask me about my friends that have died. It's very triggering. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting. But then I'll see a headline. And even though they haven't asked me, it's like, Deborah James's co-host on the podcast is living beyond the, like, it, they made yeah, it man. about my it dead did. friend. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, bruv, yeah, fucking that's hell. not okay. And also, I told you fucking not to. Yeah, it's, mean, like, a, but it's just, you. again, it, it's... Yeah. It's being pigeonholed as this person, mm. but then also living in the shadows of people that have died is really fucking hard. Yeah. Because I'm Lauren, but yeah, yeah. it's like they have to put you in a box. Absolutely, yeah. They have to. Otherwise, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. God forbid you be a multifaceted human in this Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Heaven forbid. Yeah, so I can understand yeah. it. I do. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck off. But at the same breath, I do the work that I do. I've like... In a way, my profile has got to where it is because of the work that I do. Mm. So I'm never going to be like, oh, don't like, I'll never talk about cancer again. I will. But I just feel like it needs to be more balanced now. I'm yeah. fed up of just being that because yeah, I'm not absolutely. just that. Yeah. And I know you'll understand that. Yeah. I mean, I understand it fucking very, very well. <laughs> very, very well. You know, you kind of mentioned mental health there, which a lot of people kind of um, um, gravitate towards this, this mm. podcast for. Yeah. You know, I've struggled a lot in my life with mm. different things. And, um, you know, I think you've been very open about that, mm. which I fucking admire because I think pe more people need to because there is a there's such a stigma around so many different things in life. Mm. But I think mental health, we we kind of I don't know feel this inner like voice that tells us we should be able to cope by ourselves. Yes, do you know what I mean? And it's like it's like yes. we should just have our fucking shit together. Yes. You know, I'm forty. Right? Yeah. I haven't got my fucking shit together. You know, I'm blagging it every fucking mm. day. And sometimes I have shit times, you know, yeah. like, um, and sometimes I'll reach out for help, mm. you know, in whichever way that is, mm -hmm. you know. But I think there is, you know, do you find that? Do you find that there's that, like um, a real stigma about you should just get your shit together? A hundred percent. Yeah. And like, the thing is, you know, I'm so glad that there is now these conversations around mental health, mental well-being and mental wellness, right? Yeah. Because when I got diagnosed with anxiety, depression, when I was 24, there weren't those yeah. conversations I heard depression and I thought that meant I was going to try and commit suicide yeah like because that's what we knew Absolutely. that's what we saw yeah yeah and then uh, obviously as time's gone and on and if you're not then you haven't got it yeah you know when it's fucking like mate yeah, yeah. It's, it's one or the other and again it's putting you in a box yeah and I think what's really good now is we've got much better understanding mental well-being and mental health and how we can go through times of real struggle what I think the problem is also, though, is we kind of put mental illness and mental health well-being in the same bracket, and it's not. So you can feel anxious. Sure, yeah. everyone can feel anxious. Yeah. We go through times where we feel really anxious, but someone who lives with anxiety, that is so different Absolutely. to yeah. feeling anxious. You can have a time where you are really having, a like, you're depressed, you're very low, the world's on top of you, but then living with depression is a completely different ballgame. And it's not to say that nothing is valid, but we have... We, a bubble bath and a yoga session is not going to make your depression go away if you have depression. Yeah. <laughs> if you are having yeah. a low point in yeah. your life, if you're feeling anxious, absolutely, there's certain yeah, things yourself. that will help you to yeah. get out of it. But when you're someone who lives with mental illness, 
it is a day-to-day struggle. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many dog walks you can do, how many cups of tea, how many dinners you cook yourself, how many times I go and stand on the grass with my feet on the floor with no socks on. Like, I could do everything, stop drinking, everything. Yeah. I've done everything. But when you're men- in a bad mental health spiral, you're mentally ill. That's not yeah. going to fix it. And that's where you said, like, the external comes in. Yeah. So it's the medication, it's the talking therapies, it's getting the right diagnostics. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time... Bless the NHS, it's so overstretched. People just tick a box and they're like, right, you've got this. There's so many layers to it. Yeah. So I think the mental health conversation, I I sometimes, I feel like, oh God, I feel like I'm moaning all the time. But actually, I think it's important people can see the complexities that I can be sat here with you today having spinal conversation. Matt Willis from Busted, who I think is awesome. Yeah. But then tomorrow I could be at home and really struggle just to function because my brain's been so loud. Yeah, yeah. I can't place myself. Yeah. But I talk about it because... Both can exist. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, that's so true. Both can exist. You know, I think it's um, it's it's such a weird, it's such a we're in such a weird place with it because I think it's like, and also you know, the social media doesn't help with that stuff because you fucking go in there and there's all these people going. You just need to fucking ground yourself or yeah. you need to find a club to join or something. It's like but, tried that. I'm mm. fucking still sad as mm. fuck. You yeah. know, what do I do? And that's okay, right? It's yeah. like it's like, and there's there's things out there that can help you. Yeah. And I think we. You know, people struggle to talk about medication, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and it's like a really kind of like shunned upon thing in some way. And I'm like, why? Because you know? it is what you said, though. It's yeah. like you should be able to make yourself well. Yeah, yeah. Because wellness has been consumerized and commercialized. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you can buy it or you can do it yourself. Right. I didn't fucking think about that. That's exactly what it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's like just follow this program. Buy this program and you'll be better. Yeah. You know? Do this exercise regime. Buy this oil, take these tablets, um, book onto this retreat. These are all things that can lend themselves to making you feel better. Yeah. But they're not going to fix something. Like mental health and mental illness are very different things. And if you're someone who struggles with a mental illness, you need further support than, you know, the mental health stuff, the bubble baths, the candles, which are all lovely and they do help. Yeah. When you're having a bad day, but they're not going to get rid of bipolar disorder, are they? Absolutely. So And trauma is a massive part of that, right? Yeah. it's like I think we we kind of um we hear that word kind of spatter around a lot at the moment. But I mean, I kind of listened to this guy, Dr. Gabba Mate, and I fucking <gasps> blew my mind. You know, and like I've him. read everything he's fucking done now. I'm he's obsessed unreal, with isn't he? He's absolutely amazing. Have and, you seen all the stuff? Hearing that trauma yeah. is different to everybody. It doesn't have to be something that happened to you. It can be something that didn't happen enough. Yeah. And I was like, my fucking hairs are standing up on my arm. Yeah. I was like, fuck, man. You know, that's yeah. the, everyone needs to hear this shit. You and know. it's and it's how it relates to us as people and our development and how it lives in our body. Like the thing that really blew my mind is when he talks about autoimmune diseases in women. Yeah. And how it's more prevalent in women yeah. than men. So like things like MS. Yeah, yeah. And it's there's no genetic involvement, there's no evolutionary thing. It's actually because women are the shock absorbers Fuck. of the stress of the world. Yeah. So actually it's now impacting our own immune systems where there's so much stress, it re jiggle something in our nervous system and our bodies start attacking themselves. Yeah, man. And it's it's because of our place in society. I am a, I love that you've, I am yeah, yeah. a brilliant, Mate, brilliant it, mind. It changed my life. It changed my life. But you're so right with that. Like I think, and, and especially in today's world, we're kind of expected to be these, you know, and especially women, like you must be a mother and an entrepreneur. Have it and all. A fucking, and a fucking, and look amazing yeah. and, and fucking look great in a bikini and do all this kind of stuff. Babe, you know, yes. It's like, fuck, man. But this is the no. thing, right? They say women can have it all, but it's like men don't have it all. The reason yeah. why, and I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that 
this is a quite a generalised statement because I know the world is different now. But a lot of the reason why a lot of men seem to have it all is because there's a woman at home or a partner at home who's doing the emotional labour, the domestic labour. There's all these other things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people may seem like men have it all, but that's traditionally they had someone to pick up all the other stuff. Yeah. How can, like, it is impossible to have it all. Yeah. There's always going to be something that drops. And I think putting that pressure on people, not just women, is, has come from social media in this, like, um, idealisation of, like... Um, What's the hustle culture and like go 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 and it's yeah. so damaging. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes, damaging. Like, like, because sometimes I can get a bit caught up in that. Well, I've kind of, I've got a bit better at it now, but for quite a few years, I was mm. like, "Fuck, man, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing enough." And actually, when when I think about those times, when I think mm. about that, my life was all right. Yeah. You know, I was just projecting what I thought other people would think yeah. I was doing wasn't good enough. You yeah. know, I'm like, who are these fucking imaginary people yeah. I'm thinking of? You know, like, Do you think it's, just... it's the industry you're in as well? Do you think like if you're not seen to be doing something for a while, like you're worried you'll be forgotten about or something? Because I yeah, think that's I think a big pressure as well. There is that involved in it. You know, like um like I feel like every time my band tours, it's like, well, what the reunion? I'm like, mm. we've been a band for fucking yeah. longer than we were the first time now. We've been yeah. a band for nine years or something. Yeah. You know, but it's um it's it's you know it's, it's when you come out of people's eyes they fucking forget about you and all that kind of stuff and that can play on your mind a little bit yeah. you know so you think oh I've got to be doing shit I've got to be doing yeah. this I've got to be making myself known or or making an impact you know and sometimes 100%. it's just like do you know what just live your life you know yeah. and it's all right you know what do you what do you like when we think about taking care of our mental health mm-hmm. you know what what like I have certain things and certain things I know that mm. I do which help me mm. you know what about you do you have certain things that you kind of you kind of gravitate towards or Dog. Really? Bad day, dog. Stressful day, dog. Amazing. Bit weepy, dog. Great, brilliant, <laughs> fucking no, great. But, Come on, Ray. Yeah, he is the one. Look he at is. him. Look at him. But so basically for me is I've kind of figured out, and it doesn't always work because yeah. I've literally, this month has been hellish for me. My brain has not been my friend this month. Really? And I've been doing everything I know works and it yeah. still didn't work. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to go, okay, this is just going to be a bad time and yeah. I just need to let people know because if I keep it in, it's going to grow. So if I tell yeah. people, that's when the support, because I think I try and manage it myself first. And then when everything doesn't work, that's when I'll tell other people. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm doing my best here and it's not happening. So yeah. for me, the first Sometimes thing is... Sometimes that's a bit too late for people. You know, yeah. And hold it a bit too long. They do. Yeah. And that's so like, I'm quite good now at going, if people go, you okay? We always go, yeah, I'm fine. No. I've, this week, like, you okay? I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm not actually, but yeah. these are all the things I'm doing, and they're like, "How can I help?" I'm like, "Let's put something in the diary. I'd love to see you. I need to be around people." Yeah, so that's good. I think it, I'm such like a duality, though, right, mate? And yeah. I don't know how you are, yeah. but like, I need space and time to process because yeah. my brain is very busy and loud, and especially when there's emotional traumas going on or something that's quite difficult to work through. So when my mental health starts to take a dive and I, I can't hear myself think, first thing I'll do is just cancel plans or move them back, rescheduling. Yeah. Everyone is so like, oh, I couldn't possibly. It's like nothing is fixed. Like people will understand. Just move it back. Absolutely. Reschedule because yeah. you're going to be no good yeah. showing up to this meeting. You're not going to take anything in. You're not going to be yourself. Yeah. Push back. So I create space to just exist. So if yeah. that means sitting on the sofa all day, watching something rubbish, I love shit telly. Like, honestly, for me, yeah. it is a massive, like, mental health thing. Just yeah. watching something that I ain't got to participate in, just take it in. Yeah. That And it's mind-numbing. And actually, right. that is a good thing. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I watch all, every single reality show I think has ever been made. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> What's your favourite? 
Oh my god! At the moment, it's married at first sight. Is it really right? I love it, but also Big Brother's back, and Big yeah. Brother is the ultimate, isn't it? Like yeah. reality TV show, but then also the Housewives franchises. You can't go wrong. The Real Housewives of everything. Really right. Yeah, I love. So I'll be here all day talking about this. <laughs> but it's for me that's a coping mechanism. I like to just kind of do nothing. But it get what it does is it gives me space to figure out what it is that I'm feeling. Sometimes you can feel so many emotions at once you don't know which one to process first. Yeah. So that I create space. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's overwhelming. Which one do I deal with first? Yeah. What am I actually feeling? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Because I'm lashing out because I'm stressed because I feel overwhelmed. But what is overwhelming me? Is it emotion? Is it work? Like what is it? Yeah. So creating space is really important for me. I think as well, as I said, like telling people when I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like I need that external support now. Now I've known what's wrong with me. Yeah. This is where I can go. Getting out of London. Yeah. I always go to the water. I always go right. to the sea. My mum and dad have got a caravan in Kent we've been going to since we were little. Great. And I still go there now. Yeah. I was just there last weekend with Ray. Brilliant. Um, I was like, I just need to get out of London for a couple of days. And literally just being by the water for two days, just really low key, quiet, fresh air, nature. Brilliant. Really sorts me out. Um, and I'll be honest, it's the meds. The yeah, meds yeah. and my therapy as well really help yeah. um, because the medication helps my brain to be more measured. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I operate in fight or flight. It's my default. Yeah. It's not a good place to live. Yeah. I started to, um, uh, I got diagnosed with ADHD about four years ago mm. and I kind of fought medication like tooth and nail. Mm. I was like, nah, not for me. I'm going to fucking try and win this. Mm. You know, I'm going to work out how, mm. how to structure my life and how to do all this shit. Because also, part of me was like, I'm a fucking drug addict. You can't give me mm. a stimulant medication. I'll fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, you know, and I would whatever gets you, you through, know, darling. Exactly. You know, I was like, I was like, you know, you can't give me this shit. Mm. You know, so I was, and also I go to um, certain groups where you, you know, you have a, a policy of no mind altering substances. I was mm. like, well, is this altering my mind? You know, so I, I yes, fought, I fought against it so hard. I had so many kind of conundrums mm. about it, and then I finally gave in. Because I was like, I can't do this anymore. You yeah. know, like, because I think knowledge is when you know something and when you actually go into it. Like, because I, I used to think like ADHD was fucking just the word for yeah. lazy people. Yeah. You know, and um, and I, I used to think actually, no, I was just stupid. Yeah. Secretly, just really stupid. You know, and mm. I fucking had that in me for so long that I was mm. kind of scared of getting found out as being thick as shit. Yeah. Because I was crap at school and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and then when I started taking medication, it took me a little while to get used to it. But then it has been the most incredible thing that has happened to my life since quitting drinking drugs. Like it's been... Oh, so good to hear, man. It's been, it's been fucking amazing. You know, it's not for everyone, but for me, mm. it is... Um, and my wife will say the same. Mm. She's like, you're, you're still you, but you are who you kind of feel like you should be. Yeah. In a way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I, I kind of felt like I should be doing these things, but I couldn't. Yeah. You know, and suddenly I can manage to do certain things and I yeah. can follow through. And, you know, so it's been... Um, I think we, um, I've never talked about that before, but um, I think we kind of, we, we kind of get really, there, there's a stigma around medication yeah. that I think is, 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 needs to be taken away. But also like you've yeah. just said, you have a diagnosis. Yeah. ADHD is a mental health illness, not mm. wellness. Yeah. It's an illness. If you went into the, and broke your foot, yeah, yeah. And they just went, have a bubble bath. You'd be yeah. like, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> you take the painkillers you put yeah, yeah. on the cast. Absolutely. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's an illness. And it's yeah, yeah. something that you live with. And you you deserve to live a happy, full life. Yeah. I think we've got much better at understanding people's brains work differently now. Yeah. And 
We are I care love, and I love that you've got your diagnosis because yeah. it's just, it empowers then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm, I'm in diagnostics at the minute for multitude. We still don't know what's wrong. Well, not that's wrong with me. We still don't know how my brain's wired. Yes. Good. Love but it. But I'm really curious. And I'm excited because yeah. I just feel like the more I know about my brain, the more I can leverage what is my superpower. Yeah. And lean into that more than fighting it because we live in a neurotypical world where everyone is put, this is how you should conduct your life. You should go to nine to five. I've never been good at work because I turn yeah. up late. Why? Because I struggle to get up at 6am. Yeah. Because I stay up late because my brain comes alive at night. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, but that doesn't mean I'm a shit person or I'm lazy. Yeah. Or I'm not good at work. I... I now have worked on myself for nearly five years. I've kept a roof over my head. I have a car. I have my dog. I have food on the table. Yeah. I have a life. And that I'm not working for anyone else other than myself. Yeah. So I'm capable. Yeah. But when I was at work trying to work with somebody else, I didn't fit. And I thought there was something wrong with me for the longest time. Yeah. And now I've accepted that, that I don't, I can't work in that way. That's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it was like, it was like there was almost like a fucking grieving period when I kind of finally found out about it. It sounds a bit dramatic, but I was like, man, if I'd known about this fucking when I was a kid, you know, I might have not been in all the, mm. you know, the, what do I, I used to call them, the thick room, you know, yeah. kind of get separated from the class and put in the thick room. But this is the thing with state know. schools as well. Yeah. I've said it about private schools. I'm like, oh, I could be here all day talking about this, but it's yeah. like, you know, I don't think there should be that separation because I mm. feel like, first of all, that education should, it should be for everyone, no matter yeah. what wealth you're born into or have. Mm. And I feel like, you know, you go to private schools and I didn't realise this, I spoke to Jamie Lang, but he, he said, he's like, yeah, there's only like eight people yeah. in a class. I'm like, pardon? Yeah, fuck like, me. I There's 34 people in my class. Babe, yeah, yeah. so yeah. how is anyone meant to get that help and support and thrive in life? Yeah. It's what I said to you outside of, of the studio about yeah. social mobility. Yeah. We don't help people get better and actually I think the best thing we can do is invest in healthcare and private school and schooling the same way get rid of all the private stuff and then everyone would be invested in it working the same way and everyone would have the same opportunities yeah. to be well and to be educated if you don't want to take that offer fine go yeah. and do what you want to do yeah absolutely but at least you've got given someone the chance because people are falling through the cracks like yeah. you yeah, and completely. you've spent your whole life Matt now going I am shit I can't do this I'm stupid when actually it's just your brain's wired that way. Yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I was like, I used to think these things about myself and then I'd go, but actually put me on this and I can fucking do it like with my fucking eyes closed. Mm. You know, no one else can pay attention. I'll fucking go for fucking days on yeah. this shit. You know, like fucking <laughs> yeah. zone in. Yeah. You know, so it was, um, it was, it was always a big conundrum in my head, you know, but um, I, I love the way you talk about mental health. Mm, I love the way thanks. you talk about it. I feel like more people need to fucking talk about it like this because yeah. I, I think it becomes... um. You know, the whole wellness thing is really, uh, I don't know, I mean, I think people mean well, mm -hmm. you know, people mean well with it, but it can be sometimes a bit like, just fucking fuck off. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, And also people try and fix you. Yeah. Like, don't, there's no solution here. Like, you say, oh, why don't you just, trust me, I've done it all. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just need you to listen and be there and say, that's shit. What yeah. do you need from me? Not give me what you think I need. Yeah, I think, I think that, that goes for so much in life, doesn't it? Sometimes yeah. we just need someone to listen. That's what yeah. the people say. They're like, what would you say to somebody who's trying to support someone with cancer? And I'm like, okay, so loving someone is a doing thing. Uh, it's an action. So rather than going to someone who's going through cancer and saying, oh, like, what can I do for you? My thing is always like, right, I'm doing a food shop this week. What, what do you need? I'm dropping something around. Yeah. It's saying, we're going cinema, you come in. It's not... Yeah. Do you feel well enough to? It's it's like an action, a thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, think when I you, you ask people, 
how are you feeling today? What's going on? It's like you're putting the, the onus on them to provide. And when they've got nothing to give... Yeah, fuck, man. You're so right. Isn't it? Like, yeah. when you've had a really bad time... Yeah, you're wanting something from them. And someone's you know? like... Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell me more. You're like, I don't want to talk about it, actually. Can you? Can we just go to the cinema? Or can yeah, yeah. we go for a walk or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to know what, what is overbearing... You know, just, or you know, like it's yeah. it's really it's really difficult, isn't it? But like, what? Um, but just listening, yeah. I suppose it's just listening. Know. It's saying like, okay, what can I do for you right now? Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. If someone says to you, "I just want to be left alone," then you're like, okay, that's what you need. Just know I'm here. I'll check yeah. in a couple of days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I find like because they may not want to be left alone forever, but right now they fucking do. I just yeah. you know what really meant a lot to me, even when I've had like bad times like in the last year or so or like times I've been struggling it's like my wonderful friend Charlotte who's like helps me with the publicity of like my charity and stuff as well she's unreal like sometimes I'll just get sent like cookies or something like that and just been like we love you we're proud of you like you're doing way better than you realise and it's like just having that not no one's just picked up the phone and gone talk to me she's sent yeah, me yeah. food and gone I love you here's some chocolate great and that that's an that's, action, right? That's, that's a fucking cool thing to do. Yeah, I but, need it to shows, that. but it shows love. Yeah. And then what it does is get you out of that pit of feeling like, oh my God, yeah. I'm on my own over here. And then yeah. you text, you're like, thank you. And then you have a conversation. It's amazing. Bryony Gordon on this podcast shared something with me, which I fucking love. I love Bryony. She's so great. She's, She's amazing. Like, Shame fades when you show it to the light. And I'm like, fuck yes, babe. That's that is amazing, great. isn't it? It's like, the thing is, like that, that's been multiple times in my life when I've actually stop the bullshit and being mm. real with someone I've only been met by love yeah you know and it's like and you feel like you're gonna be burdening them or shameful or something mm. like that and sometimes you're not ready to fucking do that shit anyway no 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 you know but just like talking openly and honestly is is, is, well, is people hard. can meet you where you are then yeah not yeah. where you're pretending to be. Yeah. They're going to give you the diff wrong energy then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's and I hard, think that's why, but that's why it's important you have those people around you though, isn't it? That you know you can be vulnerable with and that you can be honest with. Yeah. Who see you for who you are. Yeah. Who like, you know, remind you that even though you're telling yourself these things or you're not, your brain is. Those thoughts, those yeah. horrible thoughts are telling you things and you're behaving a certain way and it's not like in a horrible way, like maybe you become a bit of a recluse or, you know, like you're not messaging people back or whatever. They see you. So they're yeah. like, this, it's okay. Like, I know who you are. This isn't you. This is where you're at at the moment. Yeah. I'm here. It's the best. When you've got people like that around you, it's that's so, game that's changer. Such a, that's such a good way to look at it. This is not who you are. This is just what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, and that's a real, real thing to say to someone. It's like, because I think that's the thing. It's like, it's if actually we told someone how we were feeling, we're worried that that's going to be their perception of us forever. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm all, I'm just going for a fucking shit time. Right, but also you know? as well, like, I think if we heard the inner working of anyone's brain, we'd all be like, whoa. Absolutely. Whoa. Absolutely. Mate, the first time I went to rehab, I sat in a fucking group therapy session, right, and everyone was talking. I, I wanted to stand up and go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't talk about this shit. They'll lock you up. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is the stuff we keep in our fucking head. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And suddenly everyone was talking about it. I was like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not a fucking psycho. I know. You know, like, oh, my God, everyone, some other people go through this shit. You know, yeah. it's so, so good to hear. Yeah, that's why I think you know? that, that's why probably one of the best things that's come out of social media and things is there is community there. I mean, yeah. I know I think there's a problem with, like disinformation and that now and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, a big fucking problem. But I think what's really good about it is we're, we feel less alone because no matter what, you'll be able yeah. to find someone who you can relate to. Like, like you said, there's times and places to talk about things, mm. right? So we um we just went on tour and there was um and we did lots of kind of meeting of 
fans mm. and stuff and like they'd ask us questions and every time they bring up something to do with recovery or, or mental health okay. and um and I felt so fucking weird about it with yeah. the other boys there because I was like we don't talk about that shit right yeah. we don't you yeah. know it's a very different relationship yeah. and a very no not not like I'm I'm ashamed of it they no. know everything about me yeah. but it's like we're 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 a different vibe you know so suddenly it was like I felt really awkward and weird talking about it you know like because yeah. um, I was kind of like oh no, this has suddenly become about me and my problems, you know, yeah. and actually someone was just asking something because they were curious or yeah. just wanted some help or something. And I'd be like, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. You know? Like, come yeah. and find me. Come, come and find me. You know, like, I'll meet yeah. you down there. We'll have a yeah. little chat. You know, you're right. Yeah. You know, but like, this is not the time because I'm acting like Mac from Busted right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I've got well, this mask on right now. Exactly. And uh, that mask doesn't do this shit. No, it doesn't. Yeah, we'll yeah. take that off and I'll yeah, meet yeah. you over there and we'll exactly. have a good old exactly. chat. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just sometimes my brain tells me like, oh, for God's sake, this again. Oh, it feels yeah. self self-indulgent is the word I was looking that's, for. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's so yeah. it's such a horrible feeling because it's like I would choose not to have my brain talk to me like this if I could. Yeah. But it just is. And actually, you know, people's a lot I think what's quite hard is as well is a lot of trauma in life, you know, is external and it's out of your control. And I think people think with mental illness or mental health that it is in your control. So it feels self-indulgent, like we'll just sort it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone, there's bigger things in the world to worry about. But when the trauma and the demons and the nasty things that are happening are in your own head. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like how do you... How do you fucking show that But it feels self-indulgent. It com does. Com completely. And that's the stigma yeah. talking then. That's the self. That's the conditioning, isn't yeah. it, that we've had? But I think everyone has that inner voice, right? Everyone has that stuff. You know, I mean, mine's, I... mine's fucking mental, but, you yeah. know, like, I mean, it's. Um, I think everyone has it, but like... I'm always curious. I'm like, is yours as fucking mental as mine? Mine is so loud. Mine tells me so I, much crazy shit. When I was having like, <laughs> when I was having like a bad day, like the day that I cried at the dentist, my brain has been so loud and stuff that I just couldn't think straight. And it was saying like horrible things and like just, just wouldn't give me a minute. And I put the kettle on and I like a thought popped into my head again and I just went, shh, shh. I had to stand and shush yeah. Yeah, myself. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like yeah. church. I mean, so probably like someone here listening and they're like diagnostics and they're like, oh my God, I can't wait to get your diagnostics back <laughs> exactly. because they know exactly what I'm dealing with. But it's like, it is, yeah. I like, what? And I'm like, is that normal? Like, do people do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's, it's so funny because um, uh, I've noticed a real difference since, um, since medication, mm. but like I'd sometimes say something and I'd be so disappointed in myself or something because I think it and I'll just say it. And it's so fucking inappropriate and like so bad to say. And I'd be like, it's almost like, don't shoot the messenger. I'm mm. just saying this shit that this crazy guy is saying. Is in it my like, don't head. press the red button, don't press the red exactly, button, don't press it. And then exactly, you go, button exactly. press. I don't want to fucking work. Bang. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I have that fucking shit going on all the time. <laughs> You know, so um, so what's what's really really exciting you at the moment? Like, what's um, what what's coming up? Because I know that um, um, uh, the podcast has kind of changed, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the podcast I don't record, and Stephen doesn't record anymore. I think when Deb died, it just felt like a really natural progression to end yeah. it. There's only so long we could like it. Just didn't feel right. That was something yeah. we created. Um, together as three of us women and then Steve so like it felt like a good end but yeah. they are doing um, legacy pods so there's other people coming on getting to use the platform like we had that privilege of doing wow, great. to talk about things so there's two at the moment um, there's one about losing a parent young which I think Tony Livesey hosted and then there's just been around um, around marginalised communities and my wonderful friend um, Leanne Perro, who is going to be an MBE 
Is she in fucking come on? Yes. Um, she's on it talking about her her movement, Black Women Rising, which is incredible. It supports black women going through cancer um, and out the other side. So there's there's that's still going on. But for me, I have my charity. Yeah. I am by no means someone who knows, again, working class background. I have no idea about big m- amounts of money. I don't know how to run a business. It's never something I've known. So it's been a big learning curve, Girl vs. Cancer. But I'm at the point now where I'm getting my first proper hire. So that'll yes. be advertised soon. So I'm getting someone in to come and do like the infrastructure stuff. Great. Because I'm good at being the mouthpiece and I'm good at being connected to the community. And, and being... it's, a, it's a registered charity now, It's a registered right? charity. That's fucking amazing, babe. How well. I know. And it started off as like a blog. Yeah, yeah. How incredible. Yeah, I'm really yeah. proud. You should be. And thank you, babe. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's um, Girl Vs Cancer's like now got his charity. We just did this massive campaign around sex and cancer. Yeah. Because, again, it's about hero in the human. There's like 90%, the stat is, of people diagnosed with cancer experience sexual dysfunction. Fuck. There's a lot of people who aren't having sex with cancer. Can I just say, um, the, the tagline is It's great, isn't brilliant. it? Cancer won't be the last thing that fucks me. Absolutely fucking genius. Yeah, it's Absolutely amazing. Brilliant. It's brilliant. But it's true, and, and you need that attitude. It's not for everyone, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But you know when you get people... I, I love an analogy, right? So I'm using the olive analogy, because I use yeah. this a lot at the minute. Right. People don't have to like it, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're at a restaurant, and there's olives on the table, and you don't yeah. like olives... You don't touch your olives. Yeah, yeah. You don't go to your olives. How dare you go on the table? You're exactly. disgusting. Get off my table. <laughs> we don't come for them. Yeah, yeah. So my thing is like, yeah, I'm creating stuff in the world that is quite disruptive, but it doesn't mean that people need to shout it down and make it smaller because as much as it's not for you, there's a whole heap of the Absolutely. cancer community that it speaks to. Just shut up. Yeah. You know, move on. People love yeah. a moan. Oh, they fucking love it. Yeah. So, so what? So what is what? what is going on with that? So that's up um, up now. There's a survey, which I would love anyone listening. You just go to girlversecancer.co.uk forward slash smash the stigma. Um, anyone who's had cancer or lives with cancer, anyone who has a partner um, that they've been into an intimate relationship with who has experienced cancer and anyone in the medical professional who has a touch point with people with cancer. There's three separate surveys. I'm trying to get a big picture yeah. of what sex and cancer looks like in the UK yeah. so we know what's needed. Because I think the thing is, this conversations just aren't happening. Absolutely. And people are assuming that that's their lot for life now when actually it just takes a bit of work Com- to get back And it's to such that. a massive part of life, which I think yeah. people just kind of try to ignore. You know, exactly. Or just kind of like, oh, that's private. Yeah. When, really, when, when I understand for a lot of people it is, yeah, you know, but without talking about it openly, without discussing mm. these things, no one's going to fucking know what but, to do. But there's a difference between, you know, I'm very open. I talk about things all the time. I think my mum and dad are so bored of hearing me talk about wanking on podcasts. <laughs> but it's like I can be the ma- I can be open about it. I don't expect everybody yeah. else to do that. Yeah. But the important thing is that they're having conversations in the privacy of a doctor's office or the privacy of of their front room with their partner. Yeah. It doesn't have to be out there in the world just because I've created a campaign about it. It's just facilitating those conversations and those barriers to getting you back to experiencing pleasure and intimacy because it's such an important part of who we are as humans. Absolutely. So that that's the surveys there and then there's a re- resource coming and right. it's the start of something quite big. There's there's a few things in the pipeline that I'm excited about Yeah. Um, that will help the conversation move forward, especially those young people going through cancer um, or out the other side of cancer when it comes to dating because there's a massive barrier there. Yeah. Um, it, it's quite, it's like, it's a hard thing to navigate. So that's that. So Girl Vs Cancer is doing good things. And for me, what I'm excited about is by the time I'm 41 to so three years, I want to pass the baton on. I kind of want to step back a bit because it'll be 10 years since diagnosis. Yeah. And I think I owe it to myself. Yeah, right. For a bit more space. Um, I'm starting my own podcast. I'm going yes. to get you on it, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, 
Yes, yeah. it's going to be good. It's all about, I'm not actually going to say what it is because okay. I haven't started recording it yet. I'm starting to do the pilot, but I'll tell you off of, okay. of the mic. But it's really exciting. It's nothing to do with cancer. Really lighthearted, interview style, but like with a subject matter that is just really fun and anecdotal. Fucking brilliant. I'm in. I'm so excited about it as well because it's just me being me like we talk. Yeah, it's just absolutely. the best. Um, so that I'm really excited Were about. Were you lots of before cancer? No. So I was, right. I'm Lolly. To right. anyone who knows me, my family, my best friends growing up, my uni lot, I'm Lolly. Right. So it's really interesting. Like my goddaughter, she came and stayed with me the other day, Bluebell. Hi, Blue, if you're listening. Um, she turned 13 and and she she calls me Lolly. And it's like that grounding. Yeah, yeah. But then when I, my job um, that I had when I got the diagnosis, a few of the girls there, so like Gina, Fee, the girls, I'll say hello to you all. Um, they call, started calling me Loza and then Rachel and Deb call me Loza. Yeah. on a podcast so the minute that went out there then the general populace knows me as Loza but I don't right. mind that yeah yeah cool because it's like it feels quite personable and yeah. like less formal but yeah. you can always tell who's known me from what part of my life and also it's something that can separate you yeah you know so it can be like a good little thing like this is this and this yeah. is me you know so it's, it's really cool it's true actually yeah. as well because you like informal but this is also Loza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when people talk about me in terms of being a founder or a broadcaster, they say Lauren Mann. Yeah. So it is, it is that difference. But yeah. she's she's all the same person. Absolutely. Yeah. We can put on many fucking masks, can't we? I have so many masks. I have so many Jim Carrey was onto something back in the yeah, day. He really fucking was. He really was. Right, somebody stop me. <laughs> um thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you know, um, thanks for uh, asking can I just me. say also, um, you know, I think um Checking your breasts is so, is so fucking mm -hmm. important. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you do a fantastic job of explaining that mm -hmm. and how to do that. Yeah. And um, so everyone go and check out everything that Lauren's got and um, yeah. Loza's got. Yeah. You know, please go and check it out because it yeah. can really fucking save your life. Yeah, my That's big, nice. big takeaway as well, Matt, is just that don't put pressure like on yourself to do it perfectly or whatever. Put yeah. a time in your diary, set an alarm on your phone, a reminder once or twice a month. Do it when you know you're going to be naked, either in the morning, getting in the shower or at night, putting your pajamas on. Yeah. When you know the kids aren't going to be grabbing at you, whatever. Yeah. Just that time. Give yourself 10 minutes. And it's not just women. Anyone with breast tissue yeah. needs to just examine. You're not looking for cancer. You're knowing you're normal. Yeah. Brilliant. Pow. Pow. There we go. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>well there you have it Lauren Marne everybody check her out everywhere you can possibly check her out for her stories her inspiration she is fucking absolutely amazing I love chatting to her you know what I thought this conversation was going to be and what it turned out to be was so different and I'm so pleased it's like it's like you meet certain people in your life sometimes and you're like I feel like I fucking know you and um and that's how I felt with Loza and she's incredible I really really love her Please remember to follow and subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. If you could press subscribe, it'd be great because it really helps the podcast and helps everything that we want to do in the future. So please do. Um, if you feel so inclined, if you can leave a review, that also helps too. I'll be back next week for the very final episode of this series. Can you believe it? I can't. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>